It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Brandon Scott again with Locked On Wizards. Today, we're going to do some more scouting with the draft coming up. Today, we're going to scout Jarris Walker out of Houston and Derek Lively the second out of Duke. We're going to look at could they fit in D.C.? And how, what would it take to get them in the draft? Where would they fall? So we're going to talk about that and more next on Locked On Wizards. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's really good, Wizards fans? It's your boy, Brandon Scott, again with Locked On Wizards. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day and today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel the official sports book of Locked On make every moment more visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started now we're going to get into a cup uh, a forward and a center today that could drop in the later rounds because I do think that the Wizards need to trade back into the first round and obviously both of these guys now Jarris Walker is a guy who has been floated to be picked anywhere from pick five to pick 12 so we're going to take a look at him but and Derek Lively is a late round guy but I think that you know if we trade back in the first round that he's a name to look at and if he drops into the second so let's get into it we're going to start out with Jairus Walker now Jairus Walker out of Houston is a power forward but he can play small forward uh, at 6'7 250 pounds if you round it up um, looking at his stat line from this previous season at Houston he averaged around 11.2 uh, points a game 6.8 rebounds, 1.8 assists, and from three, he shot 34.7. Now, obviously, we're going to start with three-point shooting because um, the two major needs we have for this team, you know, looking at last season, was three-point shooting and defense. Now, um, three-point-wise, you know, round av- league average is around 35%, so that's that's really the benchmark you want to aim for is average. You know, and he's shooting 34.7. So, you know, his he can shoot from behind the arc, and that's a major need for us, especially out of the forward position. Um, excuse me but you know his rebounding almost he's averaging around seven so he can rebound at a high level you know you know if you look at certain players like Kyle Kuzma who's a forward who can rebound you know I'm a big rebound guy I love you know anybody who can rebound at a high level to me is is a team friendly player because rebounding man you're keeping the ball in your possession it's very important rebound especially offensive rebound is just it's golden man so I definitely like anybody who can rebound at a high level and he can rebound you know 6.8 rebounds rounding up to seven um but look at some attributes that I like and a couple that I don't like. Um, one thing he, he's he's tough, he's got that dog in him. You know, me and E from this previous season, you know, we said that we need more guys in this team that got that dog mentality, that the tough mentality, you know, diving for loose balls, tough, you know, catching a few T's, talking stuff. You know, we need we need toughness. You know, we have a lot of finesse on this team. You know, we need more toughness. He will bring toughness, you know, he will bring a high level of toughness. Um, his power, he's very powerful, and his body build, very powerful, very strong. You know, he's a guy who's going to demand some respect at the, in the paint at the four position. So I think those are two 
big attributes for that really intrigued me about Jairus Walker. Now, like I said, it, um, I said in the previous video talking about uh, Kassan Wallace and Nick Smith Jr. It's tough to really look at, you know, outside the top three and even the top three is not guaranteed. You know, it's, you know, a lot of these draft prospects use, you, you know, you know, looking at Jairus Walker and even Kassan Wallace, you know, they can go anywhere from the top five, the to top 10 to even fall out, you know, top 15. You know, it's, it's very, you know, CBS, NBC, ESPN, you know, the Bleacher Report. I mean, you know, everybody has a different mock draft. And, you know, like I said, outside the top three, now, obviously, uh, Wimbledon Yama's going number one. I don't, it's not like last year when, you know, they caught us off guard with Ben Chero. Um, Wimbledon Yama's going number one. But number two is a little tricky because Scoot Henderson, you know, would you draft him? It's, it's tough to play two point guards in the same backcourt. You know, if you look at Atlanta, you know, with, with Murray and Young, they didn't have the most successful year. It's, it's tough to have two ball-dominant guards in the same backcourt. And that's why a lot more people are starting to put Brandon Miller from Alabama in the number two spot and looking at Scoot Henderson in at the number three. And even with the number three, you know, Dame Lillard made the comments that he didn't, you know, the route he wants to go as far as pushing his team into contention is not through the draft route. You know, he would rather use that pick to trade and go get some talent to help him compete because and you know Scoot Henderson obviously with him and Dame in the same backcourt I just I don't think it would it wouldn't it just wouldn't work man so I do see Portland shopping that number three pick and flipping it for a vet who can help Dame Lillard and like I said Charlotte I see Brandon Miller so again looking at the draft position some of these guys it's just hard y'all it's just hard you know Jarris Walker has been you know looking through the different mock drafts he's been anywhere from top five you know you know I see top five you know really four or five <laughs> and you know up to 10 to even 15 so but you know looking at um again i'm gonna reiterate the dog the toughness he's strong he's powerful he's got strength man you know he's gonna command respect you know on you know on the defensive end and the offensive end he's just, he's a force man but you know what where, where where would he fit well he plays predominantly the four which kyle kuzma played the three this year and he was successful but he has been more comfortable at the four now where would he work if we drafted him? Well, I mean, again, you know, we just got a new uh, president of basketball operations and Michael Winger, and we're waiting on, you know, GMs, you know, a new GM to come in. So we don't know the vision yet. But if you drafted, where would you put him? You would have to put him in the four and Kuz at the three. And and that, that leads to this new, you know, this, this new comment, which is if you're going to draft Jarris Walker, it's going to be because you're adding to this current core of Bradley Bill, Kyle Kuzma, and Christopher Zingas. You know, you could slide him at the four. I think he'd be very successful playing between Kyle Kuzma at the three and Chris Zingas at the five. I think he could slide right in. He has defense. He has toughness. And he can shoot. Again, shooting 34.7% from behind the arc. So, you know, but he, what, what is the downside? Um, you know, he could develop playmaking ability, put the ball on the floor, create for himself and create for others. But, you know, that's something that has to be developed. You know, the, you know but again, he has that talent and he has that body makeup that, he could come in and start right away. You know, the attributes of making him a, you know, playmaking, you know, adding playmaking ability, you know, that's something you add to him down, you know, you know, two, three years down the road. You know, his his biggest MO is his toughness, his defense, his three-point shooting. So I think he'll be a very intriguing prospect in DC. But, you know, obviously point guard is the biggest point of emphasis for us. I think that if we're not able to trade back into the first round, definitely you take a point guard. Now, you know, the other Ford's names have been brought into the equation. Camp Whitmore has been a name that's been tossed out there. Um, Taylor Hendricks, you know, another name. But I think point guard, you know, if you cannot get in the first round pick, 
I think the Wizards go point guard. But you got to ask yourself, you know, the number eight pick, if Anthony Black's already gone, Cam Whitmore's already gone, you know, if you're not ready to make that step at eight to go get Kazan Wallace, you got to look at Jarris Walker, man, because he is a tough guy who can play defense and shoot the three, and that's what we desperately need in D.C. Regardless if we decide, you know, decide to run back the current core, retool, or rebuild. So uh, next we're going to get to Derek Lively, the second, a center out of Duke, who is eerily similar to Daniel Gafford. But before we do, and, and after that, we're actually going to talk about the GM search, uh, what, who I think is ultimately going to be the GM. But before we move on, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. Woo! That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. I'm telling you, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of FanDuel. I've used all the sites, and I have my favorites here and there, but FanDuel is my number one. FanDuel is my go-to. I'm a parlay guy, so definitely check it out. I definitely, definitely recommend FanDuel. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action to number one's America's number one sports book, FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand or two thousand five hundred dollars. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. And again, no sweat first bet up to two thousand five hundred dollars. FanDuel, the, the official sports betting partner of the NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The National Basketball Association. And thank you for making the Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we are going to talk about Grady Dick and Keontae George and whether they could be key additions to a retool or rebuild in D.C. And we're going to talk about, you know, what I like about them because they add shooting a lot of scoring between the two. So we're definitely going to get into a lot of draft scouting, getting or going towards the draft. So getting back into it, we're going to get into Derek Lively, the second out of Duke. He is a center. He is at 7'1 and weighs 230 pounds. Now, like I said, very similar to Daniel Gafford in his abilities and his limitations. Uh, looking at his stat line, he averaged 5.2 points a game. He rebounded 5.4 rebounds a game, but he did average around two and a half blocks. So that leads into what I love about Derek Lively, man. Um, he's a rim protector. He can lock down the paint. He is that guy who is going to shut down the paint on opposing teams. At 7'1", 230 pounds, he's going to bang up there with the big bigs who have size to him. You know, he's going to be able to defend. Um, but obviously, what, what is the negative? What is the downside of Dick Lively? His, off, his offensive repertoire is practically non-existent. You know, very few post moves. No, no kind of jump shot. Now there are videos um, of him working out where he's hitting shots at ease. And on one hand, you're like, oh, okay, you can shoot it, you can shoot the J a little bit. But then it, it kind of you know reminiscent of Ben Simmons and all his summer offseason videos where he's hitting three pointers at a record rate, and then he, he's terrified to make a dunk. So you know, it, it really depends. <laughs> you know, does the offseason workout videos can be tricky? They can be misleading. But do I think there's a potential that he can develop an offensive game? Yes, but that's the biggest key. The key word here is develop. He has to be developed. 
you know, he definitely needs to be developed. He's not a guy that he's going to come in and start right away. And even if, you know, it, how could he be an option here in DC? Well, many different ways. Again, I hate to, you know, kick a dead horse here, man, but you know, it depends on the vision. It depends on what the goal is going forward. If we are re if we're running, it, running it back or retooling around his veteran core, then he's a guy that, you know, if we decide to trade Daniel Gafford because he Daniel Gafford's going into a contract extinction. And, and and obviously with the salary cap being the way it is, especially if we bring back Kyle Kuzma and or Christopher Zingas, then the salary cap position, you know, the situation is going to be a little dire. So you may have to move on from Daniel Gafford. So could Derek Lively come in and be that center off the bench? Absolutely. I think so. You, you know, obviously he has to be developed. He's um offensively, he's 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 too limited. He, you know, they're going to have to work with him. But I think that he eventually be that guy to anchor the second unit. But would it come to the expense of Daniel Gafford? And I don't know if I'm willing to make that sacrifice because Daniel Gafford, you know, if you look at his game, his game has has evolved. You know, at the end of this previous season, he was getting to the point where he was shooting jump shots. So, you know, but Derek Lively is an intriguing, intriguing prospect, you know, and again, he has been slotted to be drafted anywhere from 12 to 25, you know, and, you know, and, and because of his limitations on the offensive end, you could see him drop to the second round. You, you very well. So I think that hmm, if he drops to the second round, the Wizards have to take a look at him, you know, because you could develop him and still have Gaff on, on, on the team. And eventually, you know, when he's ready to take that step to be the anchor on the second unit, you can trade Gaff, you know, or if there's injuries, he can, you know, I think there could be a place here in DC, but it's not going to be starting. And he's not going to, you know, he, he's going to have to be developed. And really, if you look at the Capital City Go-Go and what they've been able to do for players like, you know, Jordan Goodwin or Quentin Jackson or even Johnny Davis, you know, what they got going on in the Capital City Go-Go, I think that, they could work with him. They could really help him add offensive game to his game, you know, add some tools to his offensive tool bag. But again, on the defensive end, I mean, he, he reminds me of Andre Drummond. You know, Andre Drummond is, as you know, is very limited on the offensive end. I mean, he's pretty much non existent on the offensive end unless his lob, lob threat or rebound and put him back up. So, you know, he's intriguing, though. He is intriguing. So, you know, kind of circling back uh, today, we did scout Jairus Walker out of Houston and Derek Lively, second the center out of Duke. And I think both of them could contribute here in D.C., but they both have areas they need to work on. And obviously it comes down to this basic fact about the Wizards is that we have to have a vision. You know, if we if we decide to run it back with Bradley Bill, Kyle Kuzma and Christopher Zingas, whether we retool, which means keeping one of the two out of uh, Kyle Kuzma and KP, Maybe sign and trade Kuzma or KP and get in the you know a veteran point guard. But there, there's options here in DC. But to really effective, to really effectively look at fits and how a lot of these players could fit within this organization, it comes down to what is the situation going forward with the front office. So again, uh, before we roll, we are going to get to uh, who do, who do I think is going to be the general manager of the Washington Wizards. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, uh, before we move on, we, um, as you guys know, we just hired um, Michael Winger, formerly of the Los Angeles Clippers, to be the president of basketball operation to oversee not only the Washington Wizards, but the Capital City Go-Go and the Washington Mystics, which I think, if you look at him from, he is the business, he runs the business side, and he's done wonders. Let me tell you, wonders in L.A. for the Clippers. But he also learned underneath Sam Presti in Oklahoma City, and he worked underneath Danny Ferry in Cleveland for the Cavaliers. So he has pedigree. He's worked underneath GMs who, you know, look at Sam Presti is one of the better GMs in the, in the NBA. He's a top five, if not top ten, general manager. And with his ability to acquire picks, young talent, you know, flip veterans, you know. And if you look at Danny Ferry, his track record speaks for itself. So, you know, Michael Winger definitely has the business side savvy and the pedigree as far as being a front office executive. And I think that this was a big and big move for the Washington Wizards. You know, Ted Leonsis gets a lot of a lot of respect for me for this move because I've been hard on Ted Leonsis. Heck, I've been hard on most of the people on the team. And but it, there's, there's reasons for that. You know, you, you demand excellence out of your team because as fans, as analysts like me and Ed are, we analyze for we analyze as teams that you know we want to see a team that is going to compete. So you got to be critical, you know, and because I think that you know, critique is a key to bettering yourself. You know, we we all have to be open to being critiqued. And I think that when we critique this organization as fans or sports analysts, it's from the it's from the perspective that we want to see this team succeed. So that's where I'm at. Now, so now we're waiting on them to hire a general manager. So definitely comment below. Let me know who your candidate is because there's been reports that Trajan Langdon um is out of the running. You know, they they kind of and it was actually I'm not gonna say bad blood, but the way that he found out wasn't the most professional way to find out that you're kind of out of the running. But I think Trajan Langdon at this point is out of the running. So it comes down to two big names to me. Obviously, Milt Newton. Uh, he has history with the organization coming from the Milwaukee Bucks. And Will Dawkins, who, you know, Michael Winger worked with and OKC. I think that it's going to come down to Milt Newton and Will Dawkins. And really, to be honest with you, I think it's neck to neck. I think both of them, I think both of them have, I guess, the familiar the familiarity with the organization to be in this role. But I think if I would say which one or guess which one had the leg up, it would be Will Dawkins at this point. It was to me, it was Milt Newton that had the leg up. But I will say this: I think Will Dawkins has the leg up to be the general manager because he worked with Michael Winger and OKC and he worked underneath Sam Presti. I think that's just a match made in heaven to bring Will Dawkins into here, make him the general manager, and you know. Again, to have two voices, two perspectives, two set of eyes in the front office is big. You know, Tommy Shepard, he held the title of president of basketball operation and general manager. So you didn't have many people, if none, who are going to kind of challenge a move or say, hey, you know, maybe we need to think about this. Or it's, it's good to have more than one perspective, one and, one and more voice in the front office. And I think that they're doing the right way. They're doing it the right way this offseason with the front office. Rehauling the front office, I think they're doing it the right way. They're doing it. They're bringing in competent leadership and they're bringing in oversight. So I think that Telion says, shout out to Telion says, I think I'm very impressed with him hiring Michael Winger. But if I were to bet on it, Will Dawkins is going to be the new general manager of the Washington Wizards. So definitely let me know what, what you guys think. Who's your guy, Milt Newton or Will Dawkins? Because I think it comes down to them. I don't see Bob Myers coming here. I think that that ship has sailed with Michael Winger coming in as president of basketball operations because if bob myers were to come into dc it would be for president of basketball operation and 
you know, now that you have Michael Winger here, I don't see. Now, I don't know if Bob Myers would want to be a GM underneath Michael Winger. I don't know, you know, but and that would be a match made in the heaven. But I'm not going to take a, a lot away from Milton Newton and Will Dawkins. I think they can come in and be very good general managers for the Washington Wizards. So uh, we're going to go ahead and roll out today. Uh, we've been covering a lot of draft scouting. So we're going to do a lot more this week and next week leading up to the draft and getting closer to free agency. We are going to really talk, especially after getting a general manager, after we do an episode celebrating the new general manager. Uh, and after we kind of get a blueprint of what the path is, the vision for this organization, we're going to get into scenarios and draft scenarios for the Washington Wizards going forward in this offseason. Me and my co-host, the big Ed Oliver, man. The real Ed Oliver, that is. So thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Every day, Ers. Tomorrow on the show, we are going to cover Grady Dick and Keontae George. And they are both intriguing scorers and shooters that I think can make an impact here in the 202. So I appreciate y'all, man. I definitely appreciate y'all, man. Um, My dude, the real Ed Oliver, he's had a couple, next uh, couple episodes off, man. Um, He needed a breather. So definitely shout out and show love to my dude. But appreciate y'all, man. Hail to the Wizards and peace. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.